Hi, my name is Lisa, and I want to say thank you so much for joining me today on More Books, Please podcast, episode three. Now, today I wanted to do something different. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some books that I recently read that, unfortunately, I ended up just really not, um, I didn't feel like I really ended up not liking them so much as I thought I would. So I have two books today. Unfortunately, they're from the same author that I just could not get into. And I feel really bad because I really wanted to get to love these two books. I really think that they had so much promise in the story and the description. But when I read it, unfortunately, it just didn't do it for me. Now, the books that I'm talking about are Gods of Jade and Shadow and Mexican Gothic. And they're from the author Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Now, the first book that I read <clears throat> is uh, Gods of Jade and Shadow, and this book is primarily, it's about a young woman who is, her and her mother are living with their grandfather. Um, her father passed away, and unfortunately she was, her and her mother were having to live with her grandfather, and there wasn't really exactly a great situation. She's being mistreated a lot, uh, primarily by her cousin Martin. Now, he is kind of a guy that just goes around thinking, okay, I'm a guy, I can, I rule over every, every woman in the thing. Now, this book takes place, um, he's a guy who feels like he can take care, he's pretty much a guy that thinks he can do whatever he wants because he's the only male around. Um, so you're looking at a very interesting plot and a very interesting scene and setup. Now, this book is uh, intended to be a Cinderella type story. Um, again, we have the protagonist or the main uh, character her name is Cassiopeia Cassiopeia I'm sorry and she's about 18 years old and she is her and her mother unfortunately are having to live with her grandfather after the death of her father and it's not exactly an ideal situation um, they're living there basically are being treated like you know she's basically treated like a maid and she's having to cook and clean and you know and all that but she also gets really bad badly treated by her cousin martin now he's um apparently the only male in that family and he's set to inherit everything from their grandfather and of course she's been set to inherit some money so with that and um constantly dreaming about moving on leaving town and starting a whole a life and in adventure and for her own since she's about 18 years old she's stuck here she's mistreated she's not able to be um free and thinking she, it's really a bad situation and unfortunately for her and her mother so the story kind of kicks off with that and so but she is the type of person that doesn't hold back now she definitely stands up to martin quite a bit so this is where I think things get a little bit I mean it gets interesting because she's definitely the character that's strong-willed doesn't take anything from anybody but unfortunately that often often causes her to get punished for her fighting back or opening you know or talking back to him and he's constantly looking for ways to antagonize her and get her in trouble and so that's the type of guy that she's dealing with. And again, this is a 1920s uh, jazz era in Mexico. So it sounds really like a promising book. Now, I don't want to go into any more spoilers or try not to spoil anything for anybody. So if you feel like this is getting too much, then I'm sorry. But definitely, I just kind of want to let you know there might be a few spoilers here and there. Uh, but I'm trying not to give too much of it away. But um, so one day she 
course is punished and she's everybody's leaves to go to the fair she's kind of just stuck at home having to do more chores and while she's doing that she unwittingly um releases a mayan god by the name of hun kame and uh pretty much kind of gets stuck with this god now this god is uh, was put to sleep probably for about like 20 years and when i say put to sleep he was just you know um, unable to do anything he was locked away basically so here he is he's you know she's been she awoken him basically and he is um, needing to travel on to go to different towns to try to um, get back objects that he needs uh, in order to regain his strength so he can take back um, his kingdom that was taken to him by his evil twin brother basically and so she embarks on this long journey with this Mayan god that she just met so I'm thinking okay seems like it's going to be a pretty good story and it starts out pretty decent and then things start to get kind of goes down for me from there and I hate to say that because <clears throat> you know they're supposed to be embarking on this ex wild journey and she's kind of doesn't really have a say so she kind of has to go along with it but of course she objects here and there and and just doesn't always feel like this is something she should be doing obviously but kind of doesn't really have much choice and so from here this is where again this is where the story just really kind of goes kind of start to lose interest at this point um, and the reason is is that they go from town to town pretty much fighting or the same obstacles same type of characters uh and that are that are trying to dissuade them from getting the getting what they need and so again that's very predictable type of a story which is okay i don't mind a predictable story as long as it's well written and the characters have great dialogue and there's great scene um but as they go through all of these different towns they um it begins to become repetitive and then eventually it just kind of gets a little dull for a good portion of the book and it's sad because I really wanted to like it I just felt like things became repetitive and the dialogue between these two characters were very he said she said uh very uh, you know we're gonna go do this and then she objects and then she ultimately does it anyways so it just really didn't have much appeal to me and I felt kind of bad because I really wanted to like love this book honestly I really really did but the sad part was it just didn't really have much of anything else going for it and it felt like it was just regurgitating the same same plot line same story same dialogue per town and not really much of a lot of a character development going on there but they finally get to a point where they are, I guess, coming to the end of their journey and he's trying to regain his his kingdom back from his brother. And actually that to me was ended up being very good. It, um, I really enjoyed the ending. I thought it was quite satisfying, to be honest with you, and the way it ended. But getting there just seemed kind of difficult. And I just really and truly, I had a very hard time finishing this novel. I just felt like the characters, um, especially Kesapeya, 
Now, she's a, you know, very interesting character. Like I said, she's very strong-willed. Um, she is one that doesn't take anything from anybody, and she will definitely talk back and, and that kind of thing. But it seemed like that was the only thing about her. I felt like there could have been more character development with her, and it would have been nice. There was some, but just not enough that I felt made the story compelling. And we have the Mayan god, Hunkame, who doesn't really have much personality. And I'm guessing it's simply because he is a Mayan god, you know, definitely no emotion, not very much or little emotion, um, not really anything. He was basically a kind of a plain and dry person. And so, of course, this being a Cinderella-like story, there's going to be, you know, a supposed romance between these two and... I just felt like it was so forced. Um, these two just didn't really seem to have much chemistry. And honestly, it just made me feel like I just couldn't buy this huge romance that it was trying to embark. Um, or maybe it wasn't a huge romance, but this romance between them it just seemed really not there, non-existent and enforced. And you just like, okay, <laughs> nothing else is going on. But there was one character, surprisingly, that I actually enjoyed uh, learning and reading more about and his character development to me and his arc was just really good. And that happened to be the one that probably everybody hates at the beginning. It's Martin, her cousin. And you kind of go along, you get an idea, understanding more, a little bit more about him and why he is the way he is and why he treats um, Cassiopeia the way he does. And... You know, it it, it kind of made it a little bit more, his character development was so much more interesting to me than the main characters. And the ending was, like a, again, it was satisfying and was kind of expected. Um, but I don't mind books that are predictable and kind of expected. But if you have a really good plot line, a really good storyline, well-written dialogue, characters that are intriguing and interesting and mysterious you know, the book can be amazing. And for some reason, I just didn't feel that way when reading this book. And sadly, I was just so disappointed. And oh, God, I really, it really made me sad. So, but of course, you know, I didn't want to give up. I'm not a quitter. I didn't want to give up on this author because a lot of her books, even her earlier works tend to have a lot of great reviews. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to make an opinion on this author based on just one book that I read. So I went ahead, um, she had another book that came out not about a year after this one. So I finally was able to pick up the book and, and read it. And this particular book is called Mexican Gothic. Now, this is a story about a young socialite. And this is, in, again, 1950s Mexico. And uh, she is, you know, a, a socialite, you know, goes to parties and you know, very typical, worries about what she dresses, you know, lipstick, everything has to be impeccable. So one day she, her father receives a frantic letter from her cousin, uh, Catalina, who recently married a um, eccentric uh, English family that have been living in uh, Mexico for some time. And um, they don't really know a lot about this, this uh, man that she married, his name is Virgil. And uh, so she decides to, you know, her father says, okay, you know what, there's something going on. She could have some mental issues or something, and I need you to go. She's asking for you, and I need you to go down there and figure out what's going on. And if she needs help, you know, let me know because there's something's just not right. Okay, she reluctantly goes, 
you know, visits her, um, her cousin and there she encounters very weird and mysterious family. This book is built as a horror story, supposed to be. And uh, so she goes to this big house, um, it's an old mansion, it's like falling apart and just everything about it is so creepy and weird. And so she gets there and she encounters the Doyles. Now they are the family that her, sis her cousin had married into and they're a very eccentric family. You know, starts to get to know them and things, but as she's there, um, things get to start to become a little weird. And she can tell from the beginning there's just something creepy or something weird going on in this house. And they give her very limited access to her cousin, Catalina, where she's trying to talk to her and figure out what's going on. And so pretty much she's in the house and she's all these weird and creepy things start to happen and she's trying to figure out okay what's going on and this is where she spends a majority i feel like she spends a majority of the time just kind of lingering around the house and all these kind of weird and small little things happen it's a very slow burn type of a novel to get i don't mind as long as the characters are interesting the um the scenery, you know, everything is done really well. The dialogue it keeps you interested and keeps you wanting to know what's going to happen. So I feel like there's eventually this long buildup and then we get to, finally we get to some action and probably not until like the 50 or 60 last pages of this book. And mind you, this book is only 300 pages long where I felt like it finally, something was finally happening. So you spend a good portion of her just, learning pretty much about the creepy things that are in this house and 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 things as, as well and uh so she's there she's trying to figure out what's going on and bam it's kind of like okay here you go this is what happens this is the um this is the reason why everybody in this house is acting so weird and then when you get to that point it was kind of not really that exciting it I felt like all of this time that I spent reading building up to this you know to the reason why everything was so the way it was was just not that good and again I was disappointed and you know I really just don't know what it is I just it just didn't have the the impact that I thought it was going to have and it just is built as this creepy novel with this woman going you know socialite going into this weird home and discovering you know the creepiness of this house and it just really wasn't that I mean it wasn't anything that exciting to be honest with you now the characters I think a little bit were a little bit better in this um in this novel um especially Naomi she's the main character the socialite I, I found her a little bit more likable honestly than I did Cassiopeia and I really hate to say that um, but her character was pretty much on point, you know, as a socialite, which you would think, you know, having worried about what, how she dresses, how her lipstick goes, is on, you know, that's kind of the superficial person that she is. But she also, you know, is very, uh, very intelligent, you can tell. And she does have kind of the same personalities like Cassiopeia and the intelligence, the not going to back down. Um, but of course, she's also feels like she's, you know, tiny bit snobby, which I guess that's kind of her way of being the socialite that she is 
Um, but then we get to some of the members of her family, like Virgil. Um, he is the husband of her cousin, Catalina, that is not exactly, it's kind of, now he comes off as a very nice person, but you know from the get-go this guy has some dark, so there's something dark about him. There's some something going on that's dark. And then we kind of meet his father, the patriarch of the family. It was completely weird and dark. And then there's another cousin that's there and she has a son and it's um now he's a very nice really sweet nice guy that a quiet shy type guy he's definitely the opposite of Virgil and there's an all romance that event that blooms between him and um Naomi and uh, to be honest with you I felt that this was much more believable and I could buy that there was a romance because you can kind of see it developing in the novel which I thought was actually kind of nice and which to me I I felt like it was something I felt like this was a little bit more believable compared to the other novel now well in the end it just really wasn't a really compelling story like I thought it was and I feel so bad again I just can't stop saying how bad I feel I know she's got a lot of um a really huge fan base there's so many people and after reading all the reviews after I finished these novels there's so many people that just absolutely love both of these books and but then there's also some people that felt like me that felt like this both stories lacked a lot of development especially with gods of uh, jade and shadow i felt like because they were moving from town to town that, that a lot of the places that they were at were underdeveloped and so you you know it was hard for me to put that i felt like it wasn't it was hard for me to say that this was a was in 1920s jazz. Now, there was a little bit, uh, a little bit of the jazz era in 1920s kind of brought like some things that she described in the novel. But in the end, it just kind of left it a little bit, like it could have happened in any, any time. And the same thing goes for Mexican Gothic. I felt like the characters to me talked a little bit more of a more of a modern day type of a tone with them. So I really didn't get the and even with the scenery descriptions, I really didn't get that this was the novels that were based in 1920s and the 1950s Mexico. I honestly didn't didn't get that. But I will say on the first novel, I did enjoy some of the um, depictions of, you know, of the uh, Mayan gods. And I thought that was really interesting. And it just, again, it just really wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And there's so many people that really enjoy her, her books. And, you know, bravo, kudos to you. Now, do I think she's a bad author? Absolutely not. Now, I, I know how much she probably spent in time and researching and, you know, creating these characters and writing, editing, and I completely feel like this is um, a lot of work went into him. But in the end, it was the writing to me that just wasn't really that great. And the suspensefulness of Mexican Gothic, at the end, it just wasn't that satisfying as I would have hoped it would have been and um but again uh she is she's not a bad author like I said I don't think so I just think that she's just not something that I personally like now I definitely don't want to bash her I know there's some people that write scathing reviews about authors and their work or the horrible and this and that that I don't think she is I think just simply I'm not satisfied or I just was simply not in in invested in any of her books and it makes me really sad because these books have some amazing covers I will give her that whoever does the artwork for these books <laughs> y'all are amazing because they they're they're absolutely stunning 
And I think that's part of, part of the draw and then the 50s and, you know, the 1950s, 1920s. And, but, and I think also, too, the books are marketed as adult books for, the, for adult audience. I say. So the books are marketed for an adult audience. But honestly, I think they read more of a young adult. And they should be marketed towards that. But for some reason, that's, I believe she kind of um, even addresses that because a lot of people were saying that in, in the reviews, that that's just how her publishing company wants to uh, market them. But I think they're more of a young adult author, I mean, young adult for young adult readers. So I think these are for more young adult readers. And I think that might have been why it didn't, didn't really appeal to me as much because um, I felt like the, you know, the dialogue was simplistic and wasn't that the story was kind of, fortunately, the, both of the stories are kind of basic and very predictable. Now, Mexican Gothic um, apparently has a lot of similarities, or a lot of people were comparing it to Rebecca by Daphne de Maurier. Um, I hope I said that right. Um, quite honestly, uh, if you have never read her book, uh, it's amazing. And actually, my favorite um Alfred Hitchcock movie is Rebecca and it's based on that book and it's got a lot of similarities but honestly I really think Daphne de Mornay's uh de Marais, I believe, is a lot better written and the characters are so much more interesting so if you haven't seen something was 1941's Rebecca you can watch the movie if you don't want to read the book um but also uh she has uh there's a new version actually of that book that came out I mean, a new version of that uh, story that came out on Netflix last year, actually. And um, it was I watched it. It was okay. But I think the book, and obviously, I, for me, the original movie, 1941, Alfred Hitchcock, was fantastic, black and white. It was very, very good. But um, Mexican Gothic, to me, was not scary. It was supposed to be a horror. Scary. It was more creepy and weird than it was horror. But, you know, to each their own, I know... Everybody, there's a lot of people that really do like it. And again, I'm completely not bashing her. I just don't think she's a type of um, author that I ultimately ended up liking. And, and she's got other books. Again, I don't know if I'll ever read her other books or any of her new books um, that come out or even her old work. But I didn't want to give up on her. That's why I read Mexican Gothic because it sounded like really interesting. And um, again, I'm very disappointed and the whole point of this is that you know there's something that you whatever that you found that you want to read and it sounds so exciting and everybody's liking it and then when you read it you just it's not what you want it's not what you expected and it definitely was disappointing and that was the whole point of this it's definitely not to bash or make her seem like she's the one of the worst um authors out there definitely not so there you go those are the two books again it's uh sylvia moreno garcia and the books are gods of jade and shadow and mexican gothic and and so you may want to take those and check them out maybe they may be something that you may end up liking but that's my review on those two i hope everybody enjoyed uh that review and uh, found some got something out of it now is the segment that i really enjoy and it's uh, my fun fact segment and I try to tie a little bit into what um uh, the theme of what I, of the books that I read, and since both books were uh, take place in Mexico, definitely at different times, so I wanted to give some fun facts from Mexico that maybe you may or may not know. Now, Mexico City, you know, we always think of it as uh, the land of sombreros, tacos, and little tiny dogs. Well, Mexico is not quite that. <laughs> There's a lot more to it, and 
It's a vast country and its people, you know, vary as widely in its stunning landscapes. So here's some fun facts that I think um, some of you may may enjoy. And one and one fact uh, that I thought was kind of interesting was birthplace of North American print. Long before phones and the internet became commonplace, Mexico was a place to find your literature in North America. In 1539, Mexico City was the first place in all of North America to use a printing press. You can even visit the house that it was used um, that it was actually used in. So that's kind of cool. I, I did know that. Um, a fun fact. Mexico City is the oldest city in North America. Many believe that the oldest city in North America is St. Augustine. But Mexico City was actually founded a little over 40 years before, in 1521. The city was built by the Spaniards of the... The city was built by the Spaniards on the ancient ruins of the Aztec city of Tenochtitlan. Did you know that Mexico City is home to the world's smallest volcano? Small volcano, if you will. <laughs> the Cuxcamete volcano? I hope I said that correctly. This is just outside the city of Puebla and stands a cute 43 feet tall compared to the Mauna Lao in Hawaii, which stands 13,678 feet tall. <laughs> this volcano is barely a hill. It's so small. Now, uh, when you compare to the height uh, of this volcano in Puebla, it's probably the half the size of the Statue of Liberty. So it's definitely is pretty small. And finally, Mexico has ancient education. What is the oldest university in North America? Many would assume Harvard, but it has nothing on the National Autonomous University of Mexico in Mexico City. This opened in 1551 as a royal and pontifical University of New Spain, but unfortunately was closed in 1867 during the dictatorship. It reopened during the revolution. Like Harvard, it has been, hasn't been open as long, but it has been around a lot longer. So there's some fun facts from Mexico. So, so that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so. And um, appreciate Again, I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening and supporting this um, podcast as this is about three episodes in. So I know I'm still pretty new to the game, but hopefully I'm getting a little bit better as we go along and I'm as well. And again, thank you so much for wherever you are. Have a great day. Till next time. Bye.